Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. I'm Becca, and today's podcast topic is how to become a successful makeup artist. And with me today, I have Barbie Patel from Cinderella Brides. And you may have remembered her from an episode we did on how to manufacture a product back quite a while ago during COVID, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back here. Yeah. And uh, this time it's a little different because not COVID and also I got a chance to come out to New Jersey. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yay. I love doing podcasts in person. So this is awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, So with that, can you tell me what do you do? So I am a professional makeup artist, but I like to consider myself a beauty business owner. And the reason why is because I don't only do solo makeup for myself Mm -hmm. um, and for my clients. I actually own a company. I employ about 40 different freelance artists all throughout the tri-state area. I also have a back office team. So we're under 50 company. Um, We have a pretty, you know, we have administrative um, team. We have a SEO team, blog writing, content, social media team. So we kind of attack uh, business, um, beauty of business from a a very different level than Mm -hmm. a regular, Mm -hmm. just like maybe a new makeup artist that's starting just their career. But I would love to share how I started my career because I think that's going to really play into how I got here today, almost 15 years later. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And and so I think that that kind of runs into like, why do you do it? Like what made you get started in the beauty industry? So it's a funny story. It's not like I was one of those girls that dreamed of being a makeup artist or being in the beauty industry. I have a background in tech. Um, went to undergrad four years of college, three years of college. I finished early, did my um, MBA from Columbia and then graduated into um, getting married. And when I was getting married, I, um, couldn't find a makeup artist to match my skin tone. Oh, yep. so you found a niche. Yes. Uh-huh. And I had to end up, I was going to makeup trials and I couldn't find someone to match my skin tone. So I ended up doing my own makeup and it was not even a thought like, oh, I'm going to do this on the side, but mm-hmm. just friends started mm-hmm. asking me, uh, at that time, I started even just to make a little extra money on the side. I started selling skincare and um, they had like a makeup training program. And I saw other people like not only being able to sell skincare effectively, but if they learned the art of, you know, applying the makeup, they would be able to make more sales. So I was like, all right, well, I can do this on the side. Mm-hmm. It's a fun mm-hmm. thing outside of my normal corporate life, nine to five. Um, just kind of create, keeping up that with that creative element that I always had. And it kind of fell in, I kind of fell into it. And so being, having that business background, I was like, I don't, if I'm going to start this, I want to, you know, start it as a business, not just as me, myself, Mm -hmm. you know, Barbie, Mm -hmm. the makeup artist. Mm -hmm. So you had a bigger vision of how you wanted to do it and why once you decided to go into it. Yeah. I figured it was easier for other people to join me if I had a more of a company name versus my name as the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to duplicate myself. One of my favorite books is The Compound Effect um, by Darren Hardy, I think it is. Okay. Yes, I think it's Darren Hardy. Um, and love that book. Uh, it just talks about like how you can duplicate your time and effort by duplicating it through other people. And so just big thinking with the end in mind, I decided like, let me create a, a business name versus you know yeah. my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's one of the tips if you're a makeup, uh, someone who's looking to get started in makeup and you're looking to maybe create more of a brand and a business, a makeup company, then, you know, 
and if if not, that's okay. You can always rebrand later. But that's like one of the things that really worked well for me mm-hmm. when I first started my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that and that makes sense. And I think if you have a business name, sometimes people take it a little bit more seriously if they are signing a contract with you or whatever to do their makeup with you, um, just because it's like a real business, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. So. Yeah. So, how do you do what you do? I think that that is. And when you first started out, what did that look like? And how did you get resources to make sure that you were prepared? So I kept my nine to five. It was something I needed that income to Mm -hmm. fuel my other business. So I really didn't leave my job until I was starting to bank my salary for a couple of years. Um, you that know, I know a lot of people. a good way to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I like. I know a lot of people are like, okay, I'm gonna go to makeup school, and you know, if that's your initial path, great. Um, I would still encourage you to have like some type of uh, job in the cosmetic field, and so you have like more of a steady and stable income because that's mm-hmm. gonna be like your seed money to grow your, you know, your business right. is gonna mm-hmm. grow your kit. My makeup kit today costs thousands and thousands of dollars multiple thousands of dollars and I know like you're looking at me like uh, (laughs) why is makeup so expensive but you know each item costs a lot of money and um, so I wouldn't have been able to build that type of kit initially if I was just replying on my clients paying me you know whatever it is I charged for an application. Yeah well that was actually one of my questions that I had was what does the quality of makeup that you use as an artist or even the, the products or your tools, mm-hmm. how, what impact does that have on your ability to do your job? It's like anything, right? If you use good products, you're going to have good results. If you use a cheaper product, you may have a cheaper result. You know, it's variable these days because there are makeup companies that don't charge as much for their products, but their products are really good, but it's variable. Um, so I would say it's like it's like that buying like a really nice black blazer and you spend, either you can spend a couple of hundred dollars on it, but you're going to have it forever. It's a staple item. So there's certain staple items in my makeup kit that are non-negotiable. That means I'm going to spend the money on them and I mm-hmm. want them to provide a high quality of result, like foundations or certain powders or things like that, um, airbrush products. So good product is going to you know, give you good results. And I would always encourage you to like if you're a new makeup artist or someone who is revamping or rebranding themselves to invest in good stuff, because not only is it going to provide you with a good result, but clients look at the brands you're using. And if you want to be a luxury in the luxury space or, you know, mm-hmm. have people pay you what you think you're worth, then you need to provide what they think you should be worth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So tell me how that worked for you in, in just starting out. Like, how did you present yourself to people? Um, what did they see in you when you were saying I'm going to do your makeup people buy from people who they know they like and they trust and so early on I mean I started my business over about it's over 15 years at this point um let's just pause to acknowledge that majority of businesses do not make it to five years yeah. so it's like 80 yeah. percent thank you so thank that's you. insane yeah and it's funny because this year will be mark my five-year anniversary of quitting my job oh wow okay mm-hmm. yeah so it's exciting. I have some big things planned for that. Congrats, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so going back to your question, how did I like present myself to people? How did people 
I think branding is really important. And that's what my business course that I'm launching in this later this year is talking about is really branding yourself for success. And branding can be anything from how you appear physically, either in person um, and how you present yourself and how you speak to also how you appear on social media. Back then, there was only Facebook. So mm-hmm, I used Facebook. Mm-hmm. I used Facebook. I would tag all my brides and um, the their pictures would show up on their feed and people would see me. And when I went to work, I put on makeup. Mm-hmm. I did my hair. I dressed professionally and I spoke professionally. And that's why I believe that I drew the level of clientele that I have today is just from really just presenting myself in such a professional manner. And also even on social media, watching the type of posts I did, you know, watching the type of content I put out, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. things that are not political in nature or religious in nature, things that are very neutral, because people are going to judge you, they're going to follow you, they're going to watch you, they're going to know who you are. And they're going to want to determine whether or not they want to work with you based on how you show up. Yeah. And and I guess I had a question around when you said I spoke professionally. What does that look like? Speaking professionally is really enunciating your words, speaking clearly, rolling your tongue. Sometimes sometimes if you're taking a sales call, and I go over this in my course, standing up, mm-hmm. smiling when you're talking because a smile does come through the phone. Nowadays, it's you know Zoom and Google Meets calls mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. again, doing the same thing there. So it's really important that you don't use slang when you're talking to your clients or potential people. Like it's, you have to approach your business. um, Even if it's just you, you have to approach your business from a very like sales aspect. People are checking you out and they want to see if they want to purchase from you or purchase or hire you. Mm -hmm. And you know, if they feel like you may not be professional or the, the way you speak, you may be so professional, but because of the way you speak or using different slang, they're going to judge you and they're going to say, I don't want this person on my wedding day. Mm, interesting. Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting that you point that out. So um, the next question I have is, what did you do to set yourself apart from others? And how do you manage to stay like top of mind with that? What, what were some differentiating factors that you really honed into? Number one is just putting out like a good amount of content. Content is king. On social media? Yeah, and, on social okay. media. On social media and our website. Okay. We do a lot of blog posts, um, content posts. I didn't do that initially in the beginning, but if even if you're in a position right now as a artist where you're looking to get more business, then head over and make sure you have a professional website. Okay. Most solo artists, new artists, they don't invest the time into building a website. And that's really important is to differentiate yourself from, you know, Anna the makeup artist on Instagram to you know, makeupbyanna.com or whatever it is. You need to have a professional website. That's number one. Number two, um, be really quick to follow up because people Mm -hmm. are, when they're inquiring with you, they're probably inquiring with multiple other people. Mm -hmm. But I know time and time again, because I've asked for feedback from clients who have booked us, why did you choose us? Well, I reached out to you and I reached out to like three different people and you guys got back to me right away. And that was a good indicator for me of what I would expect working with you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and primarily majority of our business with Cinderella Brides is with weddings. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of weddings. Um, that's, I would say, about 95% of our business. Outside of that, we have some, some celebrity clientele that we work with. We do some editorial stuff. We do Fashion Week. This week, year, I'm going to be the beauty director for South Asian Fashion Week. So lots of different things are happening in that aspect. But going back to f- differentiating yourself website, you know, following up is key, and then presenting yourself really well, putting out the best type of content. Don't just put up random images with poor lighting, with, you know, not your Mm -hmm. best quality of work. And if Mm -hmm. you don't have your best quality of work, then invest some time into working with photographers, go out and network, get a model, get a photographer, get a designer. And you have to like do some photo shoots Mm -hmm. and get some professional images that you can put onto your social media page, onto your website. That's going to make a big difference for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? um, I wanted to get into like that airbrushing because I don't think like a lot of people starting out are like, oh, yeah, that's something I'm going to go do. Why did you decide to do that? And then how did you budget for that? So airbrushing, airbrush makeup is really great for bridal makeup. And that's one of the reasons I decided to invest into like a machine and foundations and an airbrush gun. But a lot of makeup artists don't airbrush. And mm-hmm. I like airbrush, especially um, the one that we use is a silicone-based airbrush. So it's sweat-resistant and water-resistant. And it, it really helps to, like, lock in the makeup on someone's face. And it also creates a very flawless look. And because not everybody's doing it, I wanted to make sure I was the one doing it. Okay. And how did I budget for it? I just, I mean, I had my job. So I was able to yeah. afford to pay for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Okay. So what, um, what books or YouTube videos, whatever, what did you look at when you first started your business and who did you follow and, and learn from? So for the, a lot of times I've, what I've noticed is young makeup artists, they only focus on improving their skill set, which don't get me wrong. Very important, very important to practice, go out to different, I, I went out to like different makeup brands, MAC Cosmetics. I went to International Beauty Show and I would practice and I would work outside of work. What that means is most people, they think, okay, when I get a client, I'm going to work on them. I worked on people for free all the time so I could practice and improve my skill set and watch videos and all of that. So that's really important. But aside from that, what I also did was improve my business skill set because there's Mm -hmm. two skill sets you need to work on as a makeup artist. You're not just a makeup artist, you're a business owner. And if you approach your 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 work from a position of being in business, you're going to get paid like a business. If you pro- approach your work as a hobby, you're going to get paid like it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest difference. So business books, uh, I mean, there's so much out there these days. I, I, there's great podcasts on the wedding business and the makeup business and branding. There's so many YouTube videos. And as far as like books, I, I've read so many different leadership books because I think that's what really helps. I, mm-hmm. One book I recommend for all my staff is called Skills with People. It's by Les Giblin. It literally costs $4.99. You can buy it on Amazon. And it talks about why different things that you need to know about working with people to make people feel important, listened to, heard. Those are all things that are really important when working with people, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. 100% of our business is working with people. Yeah, yeah. So when you decided to start getting other people involved in your business and you were going to grow it, did you do subcontractor? Did you start hiring employees? What did that look like? And what was the decision point where you said, I'm going to do this and add more to my team? I've come a long way 
first I just hired people. It was a verbal agreement. Okay, come and help me, work with me. This is how much I'm going to pay you. You know, even in the beginning, I didn't realize that when you hire people and you're booking the contract yourself, you should be making some money from that. Mm-hmm. Don't be shy about that. That's your business. That's your lead. This is somebody you're bringing in. I would work, I remember working certain events and just because I only did the makeup portion, maybe I hired somebody or had somebody come help me to do the hair. Mm-hmm. They walked away with more money. But here I was on the flip side. I did all Doing the contractual. All the work. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. contractual, the sales part, the the timing, the scheduling, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And then I still didn't wasn't rewarded. So I was like, this is there's this is there's gotta be a better way. Yeah. And so I really had to fail forward. I made a lot of mistakes. Um there wasn't a lot of resources when I started either to even learn how to build a business in beauty. It was mm-hmm. just like people just kind of like, okay, come and help me and here's how much you'll make. And that's why there's a lot of ignorance around like even makeup artists because they think, okay, well, I did this many faces or I did this much. This is how much I should get paid. Meanwhile, like for me, I created a makeup agency. I'm not like a makeup artist. I own a company where I employ other people. Mm-hmm. And so today, um, fast forward, many years later, but probably in the last five years, I've been able to take the time because I've had, you know, the focus to really build a solid business process. And that's what has made us so successful. Um, so majority, all my staff is 1099. Okay. My in-office people, I do have W2 employees, but majority are all 1099, the freelance, the makeup artists, the mm-hmm. people that work for me, they all get a 1099 at the end of the year. Okay. I educate them on how they should be saving their money um, or receipts for taxes. And so they can, at the end of the year, mm-hmm. claim some of the different things that they can write off. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that's, I use a, a payroll system and there's all process. Everything in my business has a process. Okay. And so when did you start sitting down to document your processes? Probably like two years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So relatively recent. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, and so what I mean by that is um, each of my processes, they were there, but instead of just having them like on paper, I started creating what's called an SOP, a standard operating process, mm-hmm. writing it down, having, and I have my staff do it too, the, my office staff, mm-hmm. we write down everything, how we do it, how we hire, you know, the, the five steps of a new hire and how we, from recruiting all the way to onboarding. Mm-hmm. And that goes for our marketing and that goes for our social media team and that goes for everything. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about where you're going now. We are moving into education okay? because I believe that there still is not enough resources and transparency in this industry of how to make money and be successful and how to run your business like a business. Mm-hmm. And even if you're a, one person, you're still a business. You're your own business. You're self-employed. And so you should have an LLC. You should be able to protect yourself. Those are things that you know most people don't start out with. And, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, just because you start an LLC doesn't mean you're a business. Maybe you're documented with the government, but when you start a business, it's you're doing the actions of a business. Mm-hmm. You have a, you know, you're sitting down, maybe checking emails regularly, following up, doing marketing, writing your content, having a content calendar, posting content, like that's when you're a business. Mm-hmm. You have a contract, you have a sketch, like all of that, you know, you can't just say, okay. I, I got an LLC now. I'm in business now. Let the business roll in. There's a lot of activity that goes along with being a business owner. Mm-hmm. 
a lot more work than people realize. Yeah, right? absolutely. If you yeah. want to be successful, you got to do the work. Yeah. So how can people find you? They can go to barbiepatel.com and they'll get a little bit information on me, all my different businesses that I run. Um, they can also go to Cinderella Brides with a Z at the end.com. They can learn more about the beauty services that we offer. And, um, you know, DM me, email me, and I would love if you guys have questions to answer any of your questions. Okay. And, and do you have a YouTube content as well? Oh, yes, we have. We are on all social platforms. So in addition to our websites, thank you for bringing that up. YouTube, Cinderella Brides, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn. We are everywhere on Facebook. You can find us anywhere. I was going to say, because I was like, I think. I think you have a, a place where you're taking video, so. <laughs> we absolutely are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, we're going to transition now to the gawk portion <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a story. Sure. <laughs> and this is, uh, so this is my first time in New Jersey. Um, actually, it's been one of my goals with the podcast to do more traveling podcasts. So this is really exciting to pack it all up. Oh, and, I love it. And come. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I decided the other night to explore New Jersey a little bit more because there was the option, like I could go into New York City or whatever and and, and check things out there, but I've already been there before and I'm like, no, I'm going to go into New Jersey. Like, <laughs> so, and I was kind of in the North Bergen area. Um, I'm pretty sure I was in this town called Gutenberg. Gutenberg. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if that's how yep. I pronounce it, um, but I, okay, so First, I went to this 99 cent store and there was quite a few of them. And I was thinking where I'm from, like usually it's around a dollar ish, but no, there was a lot more than just a dollar. It was more like a dollar general. (laughs) It's like, it's generally around there. right? (laughs) And I kid you not, I should, I should share these on social media. Maybe I will after this, um, about my New Jersey trip, (laughs) but the aisles were so close together that you could not pass someone (laughs) and they were like to the ceiling like that place was full of stuff I've I've not seen a store like that before I was amazed and so um I ended up buying some things there uh like a couple different like these little suckers and candies for for my kids and the ones that I had um they had like a little plastic dome on the top with a game in it you know Mm -hmm. where you like flick the ball and it hits the soccer thing or the football yeah anyways so I had these and I brought them back to my hotel and I'm in (laughs) this this is ridiculous it's so embarrassing (laughs) I'm in the elevator and you have to like scan your key to get the elevator to go up okay And so I had pushed the button and scanned my key at the same time, but apparently it had flashed red and not green. So I hadn't gotten it, but I thought I did. And so I'm just sitting there in the elevator thinking that it's going to go soon. And I look at this little game and I'm like, oh no, I think it's, I think it's broken. And I'm like, shoot, I'm trying to make sure that I have these for my kids. Is this one working? So I'm like starting to like play the game to make sure it's working, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm so focused on this that I don't even realize the elevator has not moved. (laughs) And then the service entrance opens up and the housekeeping staff comes in and she looks at me and this lady's like, you didn't use your key, did you? (laughs) I just look ridiculous playing this game in the elevator. 
<laughs> I'm like, no, really, I I did. It just didn't work. And so then she like scanned it and escorted me to my floor. <laughs> so it was very, that was my um really interesting adventure of New Jersey. But So it's funny because 99 cent stores in New Jersey, they don't charge 99 cents anymore. So did you pay 99 cents for your stuff? No, no, definitely <laughs> yeah. not. I think I bought four things and I paid 10 bucks. <laughs> Oh my, they're like a dollar fifty now or a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, well, they're, and that's the no, same thing with like yeah. Dollar Tree. I think it's now yeah. all dollar twenty five. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. It's yeah, so funny. <laughs> so, but I would say some of the best peaches I've had in a long time. So I really enjoyed New Jersey so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and if you enjoyed this episode or you want to hear more about. Um, anything to do with other kinds of businesses, you should give it a review on Spotify and I will see you next time.